Welcome to Declaration Life. I'm your host, Christabel Braden. I'm a survivor of traumatic brain injury and a singer-songwriter, and I just love sharing hope and joy and encouragement and life, and that's what this podcast is all about, living with intention. October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month, and for our last episode of this month, I am so excited to welcome domestic violence advocate, author, speaker, and podcast host, Karen Jane Casey. She has an incredible story of hope, and she has such a joy about her. She is so sweet, and I cannot wait for you to hear her story. It is intense at the beginning, and I'll give you a little bit of a warning for that, but stick around and be encouraged by her incredible testimony, how to pursue peace, and learning to turn to the Lord in times of trouble. Thank you so much for listening to Declaration Life. I'm so glad that you're here and let's get started. So I'm not giving up. Live a Declaration Life. Declare your purpose. Declare your place. Declare your work. I want to take a minute and let you know about our Facebook community group. You can join us on Declaration Life Community on Facebook. It is a group of women to share prayer requests, encouragement, and just cheer each other on through life in living a Declaration Life, and would love to have you be a part of it. You can find it at facebook.com slash groups slash Declaration Life. It's time for today's declaration segment. This is the part of the Declaration Life podcast where I share a declaration that you can speak over your life and speak over your heart because I truly believe that what we tell ourselves matters and we have to be telling ourselves the right things. We have to be able to declare truth over the lies that are constantly trying to bombard us and declare hope over the hopelessness and declare life. Today's declaration is, I can turn to the Lord at all times. I'll say that again. I can turn to the Lord at all times. Now that might sound like a no-brainer for some people because, you know, if you were raised in church or if you grew up being taught about the love of God, It's something that's kind of ingrained in you, like to pray and to turn to God. But if you've been hurt, which probably every single one of you has been hurt in some way, or if you didn't grow up in church, or if you've never really thought about what it really means to turn to God, it can leave you with some apprehension and uncertainty and even anxiety in thinking about prayer and connecting with God, and and how do I connect with God? You know, I've experienced that in my life. There's been times when I just didn't know how to pray, and I just couldn't feel that connection with the Lord, and I didn't know why, and I didn't know what was going on, and I didn't know if it meant that there was something wrong with me that I couldn't connect with God, or there were also times when I point blank didn't want to turn to God. I was going through stuff and 
I didn't want to hear what God had to say because I knew he was going to convict me and, you know, tell me to change my ways like the Holy Spirit does. And I knew that he was going to um, bring me to a place that I wasn't yet ready for. And so there can also be that not only uncertainty and anxiety with turning to God, like this big, all-powerful God, why would he care about me? You know, there's that too. I felt like, why would he even want to hear from me? But I think there can also be an anger towards God and, and in not knowing how to turn to God and in not really wanting to hear what God has to say. And if you've experienced any of these emotions, welcome to being human because <laughs> there are, um, we all go through these things. And it doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with you. Or it doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with God. But sometimes the way that we view him needs a little bit of a tune-up. And so that's where the word of God can really help us to understand the character of him and who he is. And so I always suggest start with the Gospel of John or one of the Gospels. Read the New Testament. Read about Jesus. Read about who he is and read about just the love that he has for everyone around him and the way that he exemplified the love of God here on earth and read about his death and read about the way that he died for you and read about his resurrection and just allow that to sink in. I mean, that's where we can see the character of God. But I have a couple verses that I wanted to read for you guys today as well regarding turning to God because sometimes it feels like he's so far away. And I want to encourage you today. Psalm 34, 18 says, The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. So even though we might feel like he's really far, he's actually near and he's never closer than when our hearts are broken. And in those moments when we don't even know what to say to God, Turning to God might just look like acknowledging his presence because the word here, it says he's near to the brokenhearted. And so if he's already near and he's already close, turning to him, it might just be a gentle nudge. You know, it might just be, okay, I don't know what to say to you, Lord, but I really want to come close and I really need your help and just acknowledging that or even just crying and crying out to him, not really with words, but with a heart and knowing that he's there and you can turn to him because he, he does care about us. Isaiah 41.10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That's the kind of God that we have. He's a God that's with us. He's a God that strengthens us. He's a God that helps us. He's a God that wants to uphold us. Psalm 23 says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He restores my soul. And, he, and that whole psalm is just amazing. Look it up and <laughs> read it for yourself. You can do a quick Google Psalm 23 because there's also that he is our shepherd and he he's he's caring and he loves us. And then Romans 8:37 to 39 says, 
No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate you from his love. So when it comes to turning to God in our lives, and acknowledging who he is, taking a look at his character, like I said, look in the word, see who he is, and know that nothing can separate you from his love. He's a loving God. He's a caring God. Nothing is too big and nothing is too small to bring before him. The Holy Spirit is inside of you. If you are in Christ, you carry the presence and you carry the power of the Holy Spirit, and you don't need to be afraid of him. We can be in awe of God and we can acknowledge him and being all powerful, but we don't need to be afraid to come to him because the word also says that Christ understands what it's like to be human. He knows the emotions we go through and he knows what we've done. And Christ stands in the gap between us and God. And Romans 8, 1, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So be encouraged that whatever you're going through, a financial hardship, a job loss, a relationship struggle, a breakup, grieving, losing somebody that you love, whatever thing that you're carrying right now, Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. So make that declaration over yourself that I can turn to God at all times. Because you can, and you have to sometimes give yourself permission to, but know that he's right there with you, and you can turn to God. On today's episode, we're going to be talking to Karen, and her story is going to encourage you so much. I am so excited to share her story with you, and thank you for listening, and we're going to go right into the interview. Karen, I am so grateful to be able to speak with you today. Welcome to Declaration Life Podcast. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on your podcast. I appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, absolutely. I'm really looking forward to hearing more about your story today. So would you just want to start out by introducing yourself to our listeners, sharing a little bit about who you are? Okay. I was originally born in Ohio. I spent my teenage years and early adult life in West Virginia, and then I moved to Virginia. I graduated from Radford University. I served the Commonwealth of Virginia for 31 years. That's not really what I want to talk about today. Uh, (laughs) So I have a message for people. I feel like my life is a miracle. I've been through many life-threatening situations and what Other people experience the typical failures and loss of loved ones and different hardships. And I feel like the Lord has delivered me every time and I have learned a lot of lessons along the way. So I just want my life to be a reason for people to hope when they're struggling, then they know the Lord helped me and he will help you as well. That's beautiful. I love that. The message of hope. Uh, so about that. Can you share uh, some of those lessons you've learned or where do you want to begin? Oh, well, I want to begin with my childhood because that's when the enemy 
tried to show me that I was not worth anything, that I was not loved, and I believed it. So my earliest memory is actually when I was three years old, and my mother would storm into my bedroom and beat me, and she'd be screaming hysterically. She'd beat me in the head primarily with her fist or with a brush. And I have a sister that's a year and a half younger than me. She had to watch that at such an early, early age. Anyway, my mother did that repeatedly. And my father was in the other room and he did nothing. In fact, he never did anything to keep her from beating. So I'm from a family of six children. Well, the oldest three of us, I was the oldest. And then my sister, a year and a half younger. And then my brother, three years younger than me. We went through tremendous physical violence. Our parents fought with each other. We had to witness that. And my mother was especially um, violent with me. But also, my parents pit my sister and I against each other. So there was favoritism. He loved my sister. My mother supposedly loved me, even though I was the main one she beat on. But my sister and I remained close throughout those years, and we were each other's best friends, and we're still close to this day. So they were not successful. The enemy was using them, but he was not successful in that. Um, also, there was, because of the favoritism, I got to watch my father be affectionate with my sister when he was not affectionate with me. So that was very painful. So then the other kids came along, but us older ones were more able to, you know, watch out for them and protect them. But then there was tragedy when I was uh, a teenager. Um, we had moved to West Virginia because it had become evident that my mother was mentally ill. She went into a mental institution. But when she got pregnant, this is 50 years ago, <laughs> when she got pregnant, they sent her back home. So we watched out for my baby brother, but one night um, she was able to leave the home with him. And once the community knew, everyone searched for them, but they could not find them. And the next morning she was found, um, at, they were both found at the rock cliff behind our home. And she had died and my brother was severely handicapped. Well, it wasn't investigated. I presume that she committed suicide, leaving my brother seriously handicapped. Everyone in the community, all of our relatives were so ashamed because they should have known something terrible was going to happen. They knew the situation that we were in. Well, then I went to, to be uh, a young mother and wife. But the marriage I was in was not working out. I did go to come to the Lord. I was saved. But then I was distracted with my bad marriage. And I eventually had one failure after another in relationships. The next um, person was um, very loving and it looked promising. But he suddenly died after seven years. But luckily he did pushed me to go to college before he passed. So I was able to um, get an education so that later I could take care of myself. 
anyway, I traveled along, limping along, because I still believed that I was not worth anything. I didn't belong anywhere, and I wasn't really loved. I still had that in me. So I failed in another relationship when in my 40s, and I left the church. And I met this very charismatic yet dangerous man. And as soon as I met him, I was, I was caught with him because the pattern of abuse returned. He was so much like my mother. One minute he would be very loving, very affectionate, which I craved. But the next minute he would be very abusive. So he even tried to kill me. And the Lord delivered me. And I have how that happened in my book. I hope that, you know, that'll get someone interested to see exactly. You know, God can save us in so many ways. He can deliver us. He has no limits. But um, while I was in the shelter after his attempt on my life, all I could think about was forgiving him. And I thought forgiving him meant to go back, which it's not at all the same thing. But I went back, and so I got to suffer tortures for another year or more. Finally, I fell to my knees, and I cried out to the Lord. I couldn't take it anymore. I cried out for forgiveness, for turning my back on him, and for rescue, to deliver me from the situation I was in, and to save me, for rededication of my life. And he did find a way for me to escape. So. My recovery was a very long period of time, and I, I wrote a book, My Dear Rosa Jean, but I was still ashamed of the abuse that I went through, and, and my family wasn't able to admit that my mother had been like that. So I wrote it in fictional form, My Dear Rosa Jean, and it describes how a woman comes into abuse, what she goes through and um, coming out of it, seeking recovery. So um, I rededicated my life to the Lord, and that's only seven years ago. I was going to a church, but not wanting to commit because I didn't trust people. And I had um, my fiance, I guess you would call him, um, so a significant other, but I would not marry him because I didn't really trust, fully trust anyone. But the Lord pressed me until I did do that. So in 2013, I joined the church and I married my husband and doors opened up. I got involved in outreaches and mission work. I do a podcast every week, Turn to God with Karen. And that's been going on for four years. I've got new hosting now and um, writing books. And um, I, I had to retire from my job because I was getting so involved in all this other stuff. This is my real work, is serving the Lord out of gratitude for all that he's delivered me through. And um, so I, um, just time and time again, the Lord has delivered me and rescued me. And I just want other people to know Turn to him about whatever you're going through, whatever challenge it is. Nothing is too great for him to handle. And amazing things happen when you have your faith in the Lord. So I went through the whole thing pretty quickly, but especially abuse. 
70% of my life, I figured it up one day, 70% of my life was in abuse, child abuse, domestic violence. And then I faced abuses with toxic people. And that's really the reason that I wrote this um, book this time, A New Song Rises Up, because I was allowing certain toxic people to harm me for a period of time. And I was crying out to God, I cast my cares on you. I cast my cares on you. How do I do that? And then not immediately, but the Lord let me know my season of abuse is over and he never meant for me to be in it. I didn't realize I was in abuse again because it didn't look like child abuse. It didn't feel like domestic violence. I wasn't being beaten. I was, but it was abuse. So that's the new thing I wanted to share with people. That goes along with safely leaving your toxic environment. When someone is habitually toxic to you, mean-spirited, manipulating, harming you in verbal ways, you don't need to stay in that environment. It doesn't matter if it's your boss, it's your mother, it's your in-laws. It doesn't matter who that person is. You can walk out of that. And that goes along with my recipe for overcoming. Am I talking too much? <laughs> no, you're great. You're great. I, um, I'm actually a little emotional over here. I really appreciate everything that you've been sharing. And it, you're so right. Toxic people. And I feel like that word toxic gets used so much to describe people that it, it almost like loses what it really means. But what you said about how the abuser felt comfortable because you had kind of been through that. I, I was in an abusive relationship. And after I got out of it, I became friends with somebody. And she she was very similar personality-wise. But I didn't recognize it. I, I didn't realize how toxic she was and how manipulative she was towards me. At first, you know, it, it took it took a while to to realize that. And it, and you're right. Your your entire environment is so important. That's right. And, um, you know, I suffered from post-traumatic stress disorder. I have very few flashbacks now. And I attributed that to prayer, praising the Lord. And having patient faith when you are going through something, have patient faith in the Lord and pursue peace. And part of pursuing peace is get yourself out of that toxic environment. And I love that. Share a little bit more. What does pursuing peace mean? What, what else does that mean to you? Because I love what you said about how pursuing peace is Yes, we're getting out of that toxic environment, but how do you pursue peace? Well, you, it, it involves your thoughts, your words, your actions. It involves every bar, part of you in pursuing peace. You can't dwell on what other people have done and what they're doing. You have to forgive them. I think I need to go through the, the uh, recipe for overcoming. There's only five ingredients to it. The first one is to turn to God. And that's all of this is in pursuing peace, pursuing a wholeness of life. You turn to God. You turn to him for forgiveness, 
for rescue and deliverance and for salvation through Jesus Christ. The second ingredient is to safely leave that dangerous environment. Like I was talking with, even with habitually toxic people, you're pursuing peace when you don't allow yourself to be in that toxic environment. And yes, with domestic violence, that's a very dangerous step to take, but you can always go to a shelter for experts on helping you how to have an escape plan. That's what I'm trying to say. Have an escape plan to get out. And of course, you can dial 911 if you're, it's an emergency. The next ingredient is have faith and believe. Have faith and believe that the Lord wants good for your life. You know, like in John 10, 10, the enemy seeks to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus wants us to have an abundant life. So when you have faith, you cannot have fear. You have to have one together. And that's something that we're all facing through this pandemic. Am I going to be fearful or am I going to be filled with faith? You can't be both. Then the next the next ingredient is to be filled with gratitude. And I found myself at various points in my life entertaining the thought of self-pity, having a pity party, whining, whining and complaining. But you know what? You can't be filled with gratitude while you're having a pity party. You have to choose there too. How is your outlook going to be? And, and then the last one is forgiveness, which was very hard. Forgiving yourself, forgiving those that have abused you, and forgiving those who were indifferent and did nothing. They could have helped you, but they did nothing. Of course, that was the hardest for me because my father, I loved and needed, did not rescue me. And... You know, that was constant betrayals because, you know, a father should at least protect his children. I did forgive him before he died. Thank God. (laughs) I love that recipe for overcoming. I love that. Can you just recap the the, the The five ingredients? Ingredients. Okay. Turn to God. Safely leave your dangerous environment toxic and dangerous environment, have faith and believe to be filled with gratitude and forgive everybody. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I love it so much. I, um, while I was writing my book, well, you know, I started in late January, not knowing the pandemic was going to hit. And then even while I traveled through writing my book, things continue to happen. Well, as long as we're on earth, there is going to be challenges, right? But I learned something from them. And I'm, oh, I, I enjoy learning. Afterwards, I can look back and, well, a few days before Mother's Day, my son suddenly passed. I'm so sorry. Thankfully, he had accepted the Lord. And we talked about that in length. But he was also an alcoholic, and he was not able to break away from it. So it had nothing to do with the pandemic. It had everything to do with his health choices. So at first, of course, I was terribly heartbroken. And as I was going deeper into my grieving, 
I quickly realized I have, this is a place where you make a decision. When you're in the midst of it, that's where you have a decision to make. The enemy is going to tempt you to do a lot of stuff. I, I could have been tempted to blame him, to blame God, to blame myself, to blame other people for what happened or to go into a deep depression. So knowing that, I praised the Lord. I said, thank you, God, for allowing me to have 48 years with my son and for him being with you now. And that, I believe that continually saying that is breaking the enemy's avenue of tempting me to go a wrong direction. It's making those declarations of gratitude. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. And and I like to say affirmations daily. And um, a part of that is declaring that I am a child of God, a loved child of God, because I saw myself in the past as an unloved abuse victim. I am a loved child of God. I am a daughter of the Most High King. Yes. <laughs> and how powerful is that? I just, I don't think it will ever stop blowing my mind how the creator of the universe created everything, created us, created our personality, created everything about us, how he loves us so, so much to walk with us through our pain. The Lord is our shepherd, right? You know, Psalm 23, it's like, so good and and to come as our savior and jesus to serve to wash the feet of the disciples like literally he deserved to be worshiped he deserves to be worshiped the most high anointed king is washing dirty feet it's just like mind-boggling how much he loves us and it's so hard to understand when you don't feel loved by the people around you or by the people who are supposed to love you. Mm -hmm. But God. Yeah. <laughs> That's another thing. And I mentioned my son's death. So I wanted to go a step further than that. What he and I had discussed before his passing. At first he was saying, I don't think God is going to be able to accept me. Because mom, I don't think I can stop drinking. And then he came to realize that's exactly why Jesus died on the cross, because none of us deserve it. None of us are going to be perfect. And then he realized he needed to accept what Jesus did for him. And he did do Praise that. Praise God. Yeah. Thank the Lord. So none of us need to wait until we're perfect to come to him, because that's not going to happen. None of us are going to deserve it. We need to come to him because he deserves. He deserves our praise. I love that. So you said you have a podcast. Is Did you say it's called Turn to God with Karen? Yes, Turn to God with Karen. I started that four years ago. I was, uh, my hosting was um, Storm Talk 365 Radio. And I just recently changed hosting to Buzzsprout. And all my videos are on YouTube. So you can find them by going to Karen Jane Casey on YouTube. 
That's great. So what do you talk about in your podcast? I assume turning to God? (laughs) Yes. And for overcoming. And uh, essentially I say, no matter what you're going through life, you can always turn to God. That's so beautiful. I I think the human inclination is that when they're really, really low or they're living a sinful life, that they can't turn to God. But that's not true. That's what the enemy is telling them. (laughs) Yeah. Because the enemy wants us to feel isolated and alone or like God doesn't care or like, why would you want to bother God? (laughs) I remember feeling like that. Like at one point I, I felt like my problems, I would just bothering God all the time by praying about everything random. And I just felt like God doesn't want to hear about this stuff. And I just, I stopped praying as much and I just started just falling into my thoughts of loneliness and feeling unworthy. And I wrote a song coming out of that called Start With Hello. And that's actually the title of one of my albums. And it's a song about prayer. And it's saying that just to start with hello with God, when you don't know where to start with him and you don't know how to pray and you don't know what to say and you're worried about the words you want to say and you just don't know how to connect with God anymore that he loves to hear our hello. And I was just reminded of that. Oh, that's really good. Yes. And throughout my life, you know, of course, when I was a child, I I didn't know who God was, but I was telling an invisible being about my, what was going on. And I was asking for help. And that's why I'm alive today. Because when my father and mother forsake me or abandoned me, essentially, my heavenly father adopted me. He was there for me. I, I mentioned that my mother beat me in the head. Well, I went to college. She might have been trying to harm me, evil, but God had a plan for good. When I was a teenager, my father and I had a lot of fighting. But one of the things that we really had a serious argument about, which I wrote about, was uh, he had a cult that he wanted me to be trained in to go and, and teach other people his religion. But I was a Baptist, and I couldn't do that. So we fought about that, and one day he um, told me, Um, to get in the car and I refused so we had a fight and he choked me and I passed out and he left me like that he didn't know if I was alive or dead but God and then I talked about my abuser he tried to take my life but God God didn't let that happen he had a good plan The enemy tries to harm all of us in various ways. We need to always turn to the Lord. And it doesn't matter how small it is. Actually, about a year ago, I um, put some cookies in a bag and then I couldn't find it. And I was frantic. It's like, oh, they're going to mold and go somewhere. My husband and I searched the house, couldn't find them. And then um, he went on to work and there they were, counter. It's like, I called him and I said, where did you find them? And he said, I don't know what you're talking about. The little things, 
God helps us with little things. He helps us with big things. There's nothing too great for him to handle. So true. And sometimes we overlook the little things inside of the big things, you know, and, but God wants our every moment. He wants the little moments when you can't find the cookies or he wants the moments when you're just exhausted. You just didn't sleep well, or you're just tired or you're emotionally tired. You're just having an off day. Those are the moments that God wants to come in. He doesn't want us to wait for the tragedies to hit or for, you know, he'll be there during the tragedies, of course, of course, but he also will be there when we need him just in daily life. And I think that's what he wants. He wants us to, when it says pray continually, it's like have a conversation with the Lord your life, throughout your days, not just holding off to something that you think is important enough for him because everything about us is important. He knows how many hairs we have on our head. So that's why I brought out the thing about cookies because, oh, that sounds silly. But you know what? It wasn't too silly for him to take his time to put them out there for us. And I think we have to give him credit for every good thing that happens. And that goes to also practicing gratitude like you were talking about. That's right. How does practicing gratitude transform your mindset? How does it transform the mindset? Um, Well, like with my son, I could have gone a different trail, but instead I was grateful for the 48 years I had with my son. And we can, you know, it's like a glass half full or half empty. You can look, it's your perspective you can decide if you're going to be grateful or if you're going to travel down some pity party. And um, that reminds me one time I was, um, I was still working and I was complaining to a friend of mine about different things that happened and, you know, wine, wine, wine. And he was going, uh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then when it was his turn to talk, he said, you know, Karen, it sounds like you're just not grateful. So that didn't make that didn't make me feel good, but you know he hit it right on the <laughs> the nail right on the head, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, it is. It is important. I I'm a survivor of brain injury, and I do a live video for brain injury every Tuesday night. And one of the things we always talk about, and with our the community and over at Hope After Head Injury is gratitude and writing down things you're grateful for so that you can look back on them and you can see on your hard days, you can see, hey, here are things in my life that I'm grateful for. Here are things in my life that bring meaning to my life and that I can praise God for. And when I'm having a tough day, to be reminded of that can make a huge difference. That's right. And and that reminds me of um, King David. Well, he was a shepherd boy when he was able to kill the lion and the bear with the slingshot, that's because God was with him. And he had confidence in the Lord then. And he remembered that with gratitude when he was facing Goliath. So he knew that God was there with him for the little things. He was certainly going to be there for him with this big thing. Yeah. And as we walk with God, that's what it's about. You know, we walk with him through the moments and through 
the battles, the daily battles, so that when we come up against a big battle or a big storm, we know that he's going to be with us in that too. That's right. That's right. And I think that we're supposed to look back on those, the little things, the big things that are in our past. Look how he's proven how, how, what an awesome God he is over and over again. You have every reason to depend on him from now in the future then. I like how you said every reason. <laughs> you have every reason, you know, every reason. Not wondering why, why should I depend on him? Well, there's a lot of reasons for that. <laughs> a mm -hmm. lot of reasons. I'm um, I'm currently in seminary classes and I'm studying, the. I'm in a class studying the Acts of the Apostles and some of the Pauline letters. And I was just reading the beginning of, I think it's 1 Corinthians 1, where Paul writes, you in every way, you've, oh yeah, hold on, let me just pull it up because I don't want to, I don't want to paraphrase it wrong. Okay. Uh, all right. So First uh, Corinthians 1, I always give, I always thank my God for you because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus this is verse four. Verse 5, for in him you have been enriched in every way, with all kinds of speech, with all knowledge, God thus confirming our testimony about Christ among you. Therefore, you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. He will also keep you firm to the end so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful, who called you into fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. I love how Paul writes, in every way, you do not lack anything. And he keeps you firm to the end. Like The, fin the finality of the language that Paul is using here is just amazing. And God is faithful. And that's the promise that we have to hold on to in him. That's true. That's true. So um, for me, it wasn't very hard to, at all to realize what my calling is because look at all that God has brought me through and I learned the lessons through it. So I think my calling is to share with others the message of hope and healing. Look what God did to me and he can do that for you. And as we bless people in the ways that he's blessed us, it's just a recycling as we bless others, then we are blessed. As we help others to heal, we are healed. So it's just a, it's a positive process that keeps going. That's amazing. So before we go, do you have any last words of encouragement or advice to our listeners today? Whatever you're going through, Always turn to God for forgiveness, for deliverance, for salvation in Jesus Christ. And what the enemy means for our harm, God has a good plan for each of us. And I like to quote the scripture, which I love, is Psalm 34, 18. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Absolutely. Oh, I'm, I guess I'm supposed to give my website too. 
My website is karenjanecasey.com, C-A-R-I-N-J-A-Y-N-E-C-A-S-E-Y. And there you can find information about books, information about podcasts, information about blogs I've done, and also pertinent information regarding domestic violence. That's amazing. And you can definitely check out her podcast, Turn to God with Karen, right? And your book called yes. a, new, a New Song Rises Up. Yes. And um, well, I don't know how much time we have now, but that was based on Psalm 40 verses 2 through 3, which seems to describe my life. I love Psalm 40. <laughs> yes. So essentially, it's talking about being in the deep in the pit of despair and God rescue, rescues you out. And then you have a new song in your mouth, one of praise and gratefulness to the Lord. And others will see this change, and they too will change. Love it. Of course, that's my way. Yep, it's beautiful. Wow, this has been amazing. I've really enjoyed getting to to know you and getting to talk with you a bit today. And I really appreciate you sharing your story and all the work that you're doing to bring hope to those around. I appreciate you. (laughs) So make sure to check her out. I will put the links in the description of the podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time on Declaration Life. Would love to connect with you on Instagram at Declaration Life or at ChristabelBraden.com slash Declaration Life. Subscribe and join for new episodes as we explore what it means to live a declaration life.